Oh crap, are we going? Oh jeez. Here we are. I was uh entranced by that song. Man, I ain't heard that song in years. Uh and it has been covered in an excellent way. So let's talk for a second. Oh hello, my name is Lenny D'Angelo. Uh let's talk for a second about covers of songs that are very nice in the first place. You don't really cover a shitty song and make it better. That has happened a couple of times. Uh, but usually covers are like a lesser. And that one, I can't remember her name. It's Meg something. I'm gonna, I, I shazammed it a while ago and I forgot it. Meg something and I, I have yet to, uh, to look into her, uh, her repertoire, her oeuvre, as it were. Uh, but anyway, cover songs are usually not that great. And I could think of several very good variations of so certain songs that added something to the mix. But most of the time, it is a lesser thing. I'm looking at you, Weezer, because nobody needed to do a scene-by-scene -scene, uh, uh, reproduction of, uh, of Psycho. And I'm, I'm looking at you, Vince Vaughn. Uh, nobody asked for that. And also, nobody asked for a version of Toto's Africa that sounds exactly like Toto's Africa. There's no reason for that. Who needs that? I got Toto's Africa playing in my head on loop. Uh, and a couple of Speedwagon songs in there as well. Can't get those out. So now here Weezer comes, and I'm like, oh, this song again. Exactly as before. There's a little bit of a guitar riff in it. That's about their only contribution. Congratulations, Weezer. Once again, you disappoint. Okay, but this one, this is great, that Kate Bush song. Uh, now, you know who else covered that? Was a band called Placebo. Uh, excellent cover of that song for Placebo as well. And that one was in the style of that guy who sings very specifically in a certain way. His voice is very recognizable. Ah, Placebo. He's good. I love that guy. Anyway, where was I going with this? Sorry, I've been... I've been uh, what? Okay, I, this is great. Jumping off point, because I need to get back into practice uh, of doing this thing. And I am out of practice of a lot of things. Learning that recently. Um... Yes, listening to music again. Here's something I had done. I sort of checked out of popular contemporary music for a second or two. Uh, give or take three years. And I, I'm thinking, and when I checked back in, here's what I noticed. Uh, contemporary music ain't that good. And contemporary radio, oh my God, is it homogenized. More than ever. Uh... In New York, we had a couple of uh, uh, rock or, or alternative or uh, whatever stations. In, there was, I don't think they were throwing around the word indie yet. That weren't a thing yet. But, they, but the, I don't know. Before, radio stations were corporate, and they were all like Jack FM or whatever, or uh, we got out here, or uh, 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 I don't know. They, they're all part of some conglomerate. And I feel like it's like watching one of them shows on the WB in the 90s that they're forcing their music down my throat the whole time. Uh, I, I don't think this song belongs on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think that, I think that Warner Brothers wants you to eat it. 
See, they just putting it in your face like an Italian grandmother. Here, have some more. Have some more. Have some Dido. <laughs> Take some. Here's some Biff naked. Ah, sorry. Reference is lost. Uh, here's something we got from the Lilith Fair. <laughs> Eat a little bit of that. Ah, oh, the Lilith Fair song would have been on Charm. Probably not Buffy. Weren't that a terrible show, huh? It's funny, they put that on Netflix. A friend of mine's been watching that on Netflix, Charm. And, uh... They swapped out all the music because they ain't got rights to it anymore on Netflix. Now, Charmed is not worth watching for five minutes. Unless, for some reason, you're a 14-year-old a, a boy in 1982, and then that would have been a paradise. That would have been this jackpot. Otherwise, there ain't no reason to watch Charmed. Charmed and Charlie's Angels are the same concept. Uh, and those of you who grew up with Charlie's Angels... Uh, who may have been uh, uh, 10, 11, 12-year-old boys. You, you know what I'm saying. Otherwise, crappy show, man. Uh, anyway. What was my point? Oh, oh. Charmed used to have all this contemporary music in it. Uh, because I think it was on a WB, just like Buffy. The, 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 the Warner Brothers label was shoving the music in your face the whole time. Including... Which was the best part? Speaking of covers, oh my god, I'm making a full loop. My thoughts are converging. It's amazing. Speaking of covers, uh, the front man from Psychedelic Furs, and I am blanking on his name. I want to say something. I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. I used to know this. The guy from Psychedelic Furs, everybody knows that band. He started another band called Love Spit Love in the 90s. And they put out, I think, one album. And that album I own. It's in my collection. It's a pretty good album, actually. Uh, it's not on that album. But there was a movie that came out around the same time when Love Spit Love was spinning their thing. Trying to be a, trying to be a band. Uh, and that movie was called The Craft. And that movie was about teenage witchcraft. Okay. Sound familiar? Uh, that movie starred uh, 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 several forgettable people. I don't know, was Liv Tyler? Not Liv Tyler. Who's that other one? Who's, the, who's that? Uh, gosh, I forget her name. One of, them, one of them women who was a big deal in the 90s. Uh, not a, she looks like Liv Tyler, but is not Liv Tyler. She is a budget Liv Tyler. Before Liv Tyler was a thing, there was this woman, and she was a budget Liv Tyler. Not important, more important. Uh, Feruza Bork is in this movie. I don't know how I diverged into this. Why am I talking about it? Feruza Bork, uh, who's who's a, awesome. I just I could stare at her forever, and not be, not not in that way, but because she's so unusual. She is just so unusual. If I ran into her on the street, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. I, I get you. I, I'm just going to stare at you. You're so unusual. She was in a movie when I was a kid that I went to see you on my birthday. By the way, on my birthday, my parents usually dropped me off at the Cineplex. <laughs> that was my... Happy birthday! Go see a movie on us. 
ah, we were on a budget. What can you do? Feruza Bork was in a movie called, when she was a child, called Return to Oz, which was a big budget, uh, special effects driven extravaganza. Anyway, Feruza Bork grew up and made a lot of terrible movies, and this was one of them, and it was called The Craft. And at the time, The Craft came out, which may have been a Warner Brothers film. Love Spit Love had their album out, and Love Spit Love did a cover of the Smiths song, How Soon Is Now. That song, is that the song? That, that just flew out of my head, and I'm not sure that it's correct. That sounds like a Depeche Mode song. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the song. How Soon Is Now, everybody knows that song. Come on, you know it. You know it. If you heard it, you'd know it. Love Spit Love did a cover of How Soon Is Now that was used as one of the theme songs for The Craft, a terrible movie about teenage witches. All right, The Craft was a complete failure and, and for good reason, because it sucked. But when Chant came out, also wanted WB, apparently they acquired the, the rights to that song from Love Spit Love, and they figured, hey, we already used this in a shitty witchcraft-driven thing. We might as well use it in another one. <laughs> what could go wrong? Ironically, or, or unironically, or ironically, because that show sucks. That thing ran seven seasons or eight seasons, which I didn't even know until I came across it on Netflix and my friends mentioned it. Hey, this is on Netflix. There's a lot of these. It went on for years. It went all the way through the 90s. Are you, is that crazy? Can you believe that? Chant, everybody. Anyway, that theme song got more play on Chant than it ever did in anybody watching The Craft all across the world. Even on video, ain't nobody watched The Craft. Terrible film. Anywho. My point. That was a cover song. Not not a bad cover. Took some of the energy out of it because that was love. You know, that guy that guy's voice is not is not high energy. And and frankly, neither is Morrissey. So interesting that the two of them could compete for a low energy song. Low energy vocals on a low edge energy song. I of the sun and the air. You know that song. Anyway, how soon is now? I know it. I'm, I'm sticking with that. Probably off Meet is Murderer, although I don't remember. And in fact, it may even be a Morrissey song because I can't keep that stuff straight. Far as I know, it's a Smith song. And I think... Uh, <laughs> uh, boy, this is a disaster. I'm, all, I'm off the rails again. Well, hey, back in practice, because that's exactly how these went before. Cover song. Oh, check out that new cover song that's circulating on corporate radio of uh, the Kate Bush song, uh, uh, Running Up That Hill. Good song, man. Some, some One of the quotes from that song gets me every time. If I only could, I'd make a deal with God and get him to swap our places. Ah, that's deep. Or is it? Maybe it's just, it's just sung well. Ah, God bless you, Kate Bush. You also were weird. Weird as, as, as weird musically as Feruza Balk is uh, visually. 
<clears throat> and unusual. I'm sorry. I didn't mean weird. I, I, whenever I say weird, I usually mean unusual. Which is a good thing. In my mind, that's a good thing. I'm out of practice with doing these things. These uh, audio journals. Uh, I am recording on... Uh, oh, no, I forget that. I'll talk about that later. I want to talk instead about other things I'm out of practice with because that is, is a, uh, more, more relevant to the actual content that I usually make. Uh, I About four years ago, and I had to give a, a speech last night about a, a, to a class... Um, one of my classes is a professional practices class, which is like a bunch of artists talking about their careers uh, and sharing experiences and learning from each other. And I happen to be one of the oldest people in the room. Not that I'm the most successful by all means. There are many successful people in that room who are 20 years my junior. However, I am the oldest, so I have some input about things like uh, time and uh, energy. <clears throat> I know, it sounds like I'm going to make that a bummer, but I didn't make it a bummer, I was just being realistic. About four years ago, I had to readjust my life because I, at the time, I was really burning at both ends. I had a full-time job, I was taking freelance, and I was working on personal projects. All of those things were uh, very stressful, all of them. Uh, the personal projects and the freelance especially because those two things represented my way out of the full-time job. I was hoping that I would be able to build, uh, uh, and still am hoping, actually, that dream ain't changed. Hoping that I would be able to build something on my own through, through client work and through uh, my own personal practice that would lead to a greater success outside of having some sort of day job uh, situation, you know, your typical corporate sit-at-a-desk sort of thing. Always hoping that. So in the back of my mind, there was always this drive. And that drive actually uh, created a great deal of anxiety throughout the rest of my day. So all of my time was spent really, uh, it's obsessively worrying about those personal projects and, and planning and replanning and trying different things. And honestly, the whole thing is a slog. It's a, it's a long, long journey. Uh, for someone who doesn't have a, a eight, 8 to 16 hours of dedicated time to devote to their craft all day long, which is, I would say, uh, these numbers are off the top of my head, but that's like 99.8% of everybody. Uh, if you're very fortunate, you've already found your success, and that success ties in directly with the things that you produce personally and are interested in and passionate about personally. But for the rest of us, uh, it's been a difficult uh, balancing act. And I hear this story all the time uh, from other podcasts, from other artists that I speak to, how hard it is to find the energy and the time to, actually, to continue to build a practice as an artist, as a creative, when, when the majority of your time is earning money and making a living, and that unavoidable, uh, basically necessary evil, that uh, basically saps a lot of what you have left. And so when, you're, when you finally find a moment or two to sit down and do uh, the things you really care about in life, there ain't any time left or there ain't any energy left. And so we end up in a situation that the, uh, uh, the world seems to want us to end up into, 
which is sitting around watching television and, and uh, making uh, impulse purchases on Amazon. I, I don't know why it has to be this way, but it ain't my place to try and change the world. Uh, I knew a very socialist person at some point who was very extreme about these things and, and swore that it was possible for a society to find uh, ways to uh, make people's passions uh, into the thing that they do for, uh, for uh, a, a substance, a subsistence. I don't know that I believe that. I'm a little bit of a pessimist about that. I don't know that there's any way around this uh, or any way out of. And having spent uh, 20 plus years in the, in the corporate machine uh, earning a living, I realized there are some necessary things that uh, uh, become more important as you age. Uh, one of them is like investing money so that you can uh, start to build interest which is a necessary evil because the older you get, unfortunately, uh, the less energy and time you will have to devote. It's just a fact. And it's, an un it's something that I have uh, that I, you, you don't like to think about when you're a young person, but it's, it is a uh, unavoidable fact that your health will deteriorate. And I don't mean that in a terrible major way, but it's the truth. You, you, it's diminishing returns on his body. Ooh, sounds heavy, right? If you say that to a group of 25-year-olds, they're going to they're gonna be like, why are you being such a bummer, old man? Because I'm trying to help you. Go ahead. You want to cross in the middle of the street. There's no crosswalk here, but there's a crosswalk about five paces that way. Uh, but instead, if you choose to dangerously run out in traffic, I, I, I will uh, I defer. You, to your uh, logic there, uh, young people, man, I tell you what, I'm trying to help you, right, I want, I want you to think about your 20s as an investment, right, uh, and, uh, and uh, how am I going to spend my 20s so that uh, I can uh, build the interest, compound my interest for my 40s, 50s, 60s, etc., it's too late for me, I did that with jobs, you know, I got 401ks and whatnot, and it's today's money sitting around. It ain't nothing, by the way, not after not after what happened a few years back. It ain't nothing, but, uh, uh, you know, it's something. And it, I, I, you, th you need to think about that in terms of your body sometimes as well. Body's diminishing returns. This was not at all my point. Why did I talk about this? Oh, out of practice. Okay, so about four years ago, I, I scaled back on freelance work and I scaled back on uh, on my personal projects because I was noticing that um, I was start my health was starting to deteriorate. Did I cover this last time I talked? That was just yesterday. Oh, the day before yesterday. Oh, it's all running together, you guys. You guys, it's my YouTube friends. You guys, hi guys. Hello, non-existent audience. Um, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So being back in school, all that's out the window. I don't have a corporate gig anymore, which means I don't have any income, which means I'm back in full practice, uh, which is awesome. It is uh, amazing to be back. Uh, I got a studio space. It's part of being a graduate student is having a studio space. That space is dedicated to work. I've set it up 
dedicated to work, it's it's awesome. I'm, I'm going there right now, and I'm going to be painting for the next seven hours. Uh, that is something I haven't done in years and years and years. And so being back in practice, um, in uh, art practice, rem uh, demonstrates to me how out of uh, practice, uh, in terms of like my craft, I am. Not not uh, that I've lost skill, which I've heard people say you're going to lose skill over time if you don't practice every day. I don't actually think that's true. I don't think you lose skill. I think it's in there somewhere. And I'm not saying it's like riding a bike, although it might be a lot like riding a bike in that, if, by the way, anybody, you ain't ridden a bike in 20 plus years, uh, give it a try and see if that analogy holds up. <laughs> just, just saying. If you haven't done that, do yourself a favor, everybody. Ride a bike after 20-something years, after you've taken a long break, and see if that don't hold up, that analogy. Uh, it don't hold up. That, that analogy don't hold water. Uh, but, but, much like making the art, it isn't a fourth, uh, it isn't like you'll never be able to be better at the bike riding. It takes about, you know, 45 minutes or so, and you're back to a certain level of competency with the bicycle. And I find, I'm finding the same is true with my practice. Uh, I didn't lose any skills. What I had to do was uh, uh, reconnect some pathways in my brain. Or, or maybe, uh, it's not a reconnection. You know, it's a little bit like uh, the path is still there. It's a little bit like a, a path that going through, a, a, not, a, not the rainforest, but more like a, one of the, uh, you know, like a, anybody who lives along the eastern uh, United States uh, uh, understands there are uh, <clears throat> lots of forested areas, right? And there's a lot of uh, rain. So the forested areas, they do grow, unlike out here in California, uh, Southern California, where nothing grows ever until it burns down. And then it grows and burns down again. Uh much like the path going through the, the forested area, every season that path will have to be uh, refreshed because the growth returns. The path doesn't disappear, right? Trampled earth doesn't grow the same as other earth. And that's the same way with your brain. I think with these skills, I'm, I'm having to get back into practice. And it's been, uh, that's been a good experience, actually. It, it's taken me back to through the, uh, uh, the, the tundra that I haven't ex uh, uh, explored in a while, which is bringing back uh, other connections that perhaps were, uh, were also overgrown. Positive connections. So far. So far, so good. I guess that's all I had to say about that. I had a lot more to say about cover songs and then Charmed, unfortunately. But what do you do? This is how I go. This is how my brain works. You guys, you can't edit yourself. You too much. Not too much. Not at first. You can't edit yourself. You just gotta go. You gotta feel it. Sometimes you just gotta talk, man. Sometimes there's a reason why that gotta come out. I needed to talk about Charmed. <laughs> I really did. By the way, Charmed don't hold up uh, in in today's in t today's atmosphere. Uh, uh, ladies, you can attest to that. If it ever did hold up, if if everybody, if every uh, female, uh, <clears throat> if every, 
I don't want to get myself in trouble with this because this is not intended as this is a positive I'm saying. If every female viewer of Charmed was looking the other way in the 90s, uh, being like, this show's for me, uh, that don't hold up now. No, sir. The climate now does not does not support Charmed. And I imagine if you're watching Charmed on Netflix, it's uh, it's uh, uh, out of uh, uh, nostalgia, a sense of nostalgia. But guess what? They've ruined it for you. You know why? Because it's all replaced with uh, f- like free music you can get on Spotify. <laughs> it's terrible. Because all the light, I forgot to mention this, all the licenses for that music ex- expired, including the Love Spit Love cover song of How Soon Is Now, which was really the, the tie that binds. That was the glue holding that whole thing together, and it, and it just fell apart. So now they got this very unenthusiastic uh, uh, intro music. And the rest of the music throughout the show really reminds you how much that show sucks. Music is important. And if the movie The Craft had had lost the license to all that music, uh, it also would have sucked. But it had pretty good music on that album. The, the, the soundtrack is better than the movie. Ah, there's a Heather Nova song on it. There's like, a, 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 who else? Uh, uh, friggin', uh, uh, oh man, I, I love that album and I've forgotten. This, I think there's a placebo, not placebo. Uh, maybe it's a placebo song on there as well. That's all my 90s music stuff. Okay, gotta go, got it, got it. Sorry, sorry about Charmed. Okay, uh, this is Landed Angela. Right.